Is there any hope at all that Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield would be the starter on September 3rd against Georgia? We'll dive into that and perhaps the most fun segment I have done here on the show, courtesy of a mailback question. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and nice comments over there. Those help with the show as well. And you know what else I especially love? when people send in mailback questions. And that is how we're filling up today's show. A couple of great mailback questions. And we start with the quarterback battle. Jesse Keller asks, do you think Ty or Jay actually have a chance at beating Bo? Or is this another fake quarterback battle? Boy, that's a harsh word. Fake quarterback battle. That's that's really harsh. Well, that's that's a good question, Jesse. And if you want one answered here on the show, tweet with the hashtag AskLODPod. DM me directly at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. Follow along over there to keep up with the show and the latest Oregon news. Or you can hop in the YouTube comments as well. Drop a question. I will answer it. So uh, Jesse, I believe it was a YouTube comment, said uh, that he kind of thinks it might be another fake quarterback battle, or at least that's what he wants to know, right? So right off the top, it's important to know at this point in time, from the information that we have gathered both on the field, off the field, and in the spring game, which is kind of like a hybrid of on the field, off the field, Bo Nix is the best quarterback that Oregon has on the roster right now when you're talking about game preparedness. Could Ty Thompson one day have a better overall career than Bo Nix has had a, a, at this point in, in his college career? Yeah, I, I think that's possible. Bo Nix hasn't done anything special. He also hasn't done anything disastrous. He did, as a freshman, beat Nick Saban. That's not, that's, that's not bad. Not bad. Just saying. I know he's got flaws. I know some Oregon fans weren't happy that he transferred in, that it's another transfer, but uh, just saying, he beat Alabama. That's that's not an easy thing to do. But the fundamental question here that, that Jesse is getting at is, is there any chance at all that either one is not the starter? I think if you're looking at week one, the chances are slim to none. They're, they're probably zero. You just don't throw somebody into the fire <laughs> like that. The reigning national champions, even though they will have lost a lot of players, I think they had like 15 drafted, five in the first round. One of them wasn't Kobe Dean somehow. And I think there was an injury concern. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. That's not the sort of place where you want a guy to make his first start. But if you're looking overall at could at some point you have a, a Dakota Prukop situation where transfer comes in, he starts not getting the job done. You go with a more talented, in theory, freshman backup. Then that is something that I think is more possible than, than Bo losing the starting job to Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield, both of whom are talented guys, but Thompson, the higher rated of the two coming out of high school. Is it technically possible that one could surpass Bo Nix prior to that game against Georgia? Theoretically, yes, but they would have to do a lot in fall. I, I mean, a lot in fall camp. They would have to show up and look so sharp in practice, have command of the offense, know you know, what the defense is doing, be able to make consistent, accurate throws. You would have to do a mountain's worth of work in order to overtake Bo Nix, who I think is, is the pretty undisputed 
leader at the quarterback position. I don't know that there are that many people debating that at, at this point in time. And though they haven't officially named a starter and they won't until probably, you know, a week or two before the Georgia game. I think that, that that's where Oregon football is at right now with their quarterback room. So and the other thing you have to factor in the spring game, I think, showed that. Right. I mean, we got to see there. One reason it's so fun for us as fans is we get to see what the coaches are seeing basically every day in practice, which is each guy gets a chance to take the reins, show what he can do, make some throws, make some reads, make mistakes as well. And it, it I mean, Ty Thompson was 12 to 27 in a spring game format where he can't really get sacked. Well, he can't get tackled. I should say he can get sacked, but he can't get tackled. That's something that's going to favor the offense a little bit. And I think that he did not grasp the opportunity the way he maybe had the opportunity or the chance to going into the spring game because he showed improvement from what we saw in his first spring game last year and even the limited action he saw in 2021. But uh, to me, it looked like he still had a pretty good ways to go. The second part of uh, Jesse's question here is, is this another fake quarterback battle? Now, what he's alluding to here is something that I'm sure many Oregon fans are familiar with. I've done a, a little bit of, of digging myself. Uh, that's, that's all I'll say about uh, that particular venture of information gathering. But from what I have come to understand, not every quarterback was given a totally fair and equal shot to claim the, the starting quarterback job or at least have some playing time a season ago. And that Anthony Brown came in and he sat behind Tyler Shuck who had every opportunity to claim the starting job. He clearly did not. And, you know, he he showed some promising signs, but he needed to continue to develop. And I thought he actually regressed as the season went on and that it was the right move to go to Anthony Brown, who, you know, got off to a pretty good start, right? It was shaky against Fresno State, but then we beat Ohio State. Nobody was asking any questions. But then as time went on, we saw the limitations that, that were clearly there. And I, I think what you saw with that is, Something that's really common across most college football programs. When a transfer comes in, typically he has had conversations, especially when it's a quarterback. He's had conversations with the coaching staff to where he is under the impression that he is going to play a significant amount or at least the amount that he expects to. A player like Bo Nix is not going to come to Oregon. A guy who's been winning games in the SEC is a flawed player. There's no doubt about it, but he has been winning games in the SEC and was doing well until he got hurt this past season. That's not the sort of guy who's going to come in and, you know, just look for a chance to compete, right? It's there's probably an assurance or two with, with Bo Nix that that sounded something like, yeah, you're, you're probably going to be the starter unless one of these guys looks absolutely incredible. And is that technically possible? Yes. Is it realistic? Not really. I mean, we should, we should accept if we haven't already that Bo Nix is going to start September 3rd against Georgia, and he will have the reins to, to do that. Now, I, I'm not going to go as far to say that this is a, a fake quarterback battle because the coaches are going to come out and say it, it's an open competition. There's a real battle here. Of course, right? That's coach speak to an extent. I, I think it's our job to kind of pilfer through those sorts of statements and say, all right, this one seems like uh, he, he's really, he really means it, but this one is kind of like, eh, does he really mean it? I think saying that there's an open quarterback battle is a little bit more in the camp of, eh, it, it, is it really open? But do I think that this staff came in and was just not even evaluating Ty Thompson or Jay Butterfield and where they want, where they would want each of them to be on the depth chart or how prepared 
they, they need to be for the season in the event that, you know, maybe Bo Nix has an injury or maybe Bo Nix underperforms or that Bo is not the player that, that they thought he was going to be when he came in as a transfer, right? I don't think they went that far. I haven't seen any evidence that that's the case because those guys have all been given basically equal reps in spring ball. Was that for show? It's possible. I, I really don't think so. I think they gave those guys, like my, my best deduction here is they gave everybody a roughly equal amount of snaps with an eye towards Bo being the starter and neither Jay nor Ty Thompson showed enough to, to surpass him as, as the Ducks league quarterback going into 2022. So I, I think that it, it's a really natural thing. And it's also natural that if you're a gambling person, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup with the Warriors and the Celtics, NHL hockey, Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts yeah i snuck that ad read on you didn't i i, I you got to do that sometimes i have to keep you on your toes and we love all of our sponsors here at the lockdown network who make this very show possible but what i was saying before is it, it's very natural for a coach to feel that sort of uh, affinity towards a transfer because you went to the trouble of reaching out to him via the portal and said hey i think you have an opportunity here and for whatever reason I think you just have a stronger tie there in the transfer portal that, that we've seen across the entire college football landscape. When you look at the coaches, I think they have a stronger, you know, kind of bias towards playing a transfer than they do a freshman. They're more willing to, you know, bring in a freshman who's highly recruited, has a high ceiling, a lot of potential, but they're more willing, I think, to let him sit and wait a little bit than they are to bring in a transfer, even a young transfer and, you know, have him not be, a primary player on the roster. That's just the way the transfer portal is looking in my eyes from what I, I've been able to deduce looking at all the, the moves and the players and, you know, the, the coaches and all that sort of stuff. But I, I think that going into the season, Bo's the favorite as a starter. But is there a way, like Ty, Ty and Jay, I'm just making sure, like they've all got one syllable names. I legitimately thought for a second that I'd cross up their names for a for a hot second. But anyway, so Ty and Jay both have to be ready, and they should still be in a pretty open battle for the number two quarterback slot, which is not something that we should disregard. We've seen Darren Thomas go down. We've seen Mario to get hurt before. Bo Nix is coming off of an ankle injury himself. He's a mobile quarterback. He's not particularly cautious when he does decide to run. The idea that he could get, I'm not wanting him to get hurt, of course not, but I'm just saying that with the way he plays, that's entirely possible. And so in that hypothetical scenario, let's say Bo Nix gets injuries out for a couple weeks. If Ty Thompson comes in and starts knocking it out of the park and we see that five-star quarterback potential, do I think that this staff could then look at him and say, okay, maybe he is ready. Maybe this is the quarterback we want to roll with now for the next couple of years. It has happened before where a guy gets hurt and then his backup comes in and looks as good, if not better, and they decide to roll with that guy. It happens all the time in college football and in the NFL. And so is that impossible? No, which is why I will say that I don't think this is a completely fake quarterback battle. Do I think that the staff has 
a bias towards Bo Nix? Yes. Is he going to be the starter? Most likely. But do I think that they are so tied to him that if Ty Thompson was given an opportunity, whether you know it was via injury or maybe even via poor play from Bo Nix's part, that they wouldn't be able to make the change the way last year's staff wasn't able to make the change? No, I, I don't get that impression at this point in time because last season should have seen more Ty Thompson, especially in the bowl game, especially, especially in the bowl game. But there were moments where you're like, boy, it feels like we're just not getting anything from the quarterback. So, I mean, heck, even the second half of the Pac-12 championship game, what had Anthony Brown showed in the first half that demonstrated he should have come out for the second? Nothing. I, I mean, you had nothing to lose at that point. It couldn't have gotten any worse. So why not throw in one of the young guys and see what you've got? But th that's why I wouldn't go as far as to say this is a completely fake quarterback battle. I think there's a slant. I think they have a guy that they like and are going to end up going with. But at this point in time, it doesn't look it doesn't look to me like a situation where if Bonix really started to struggle, that they would not they, they they would not be willing to to make a switch. He would have to struggle really hard. There's there's no doubt about that. But if he's you know putting up zero points and a half in a game where the the Oregon needs to win, which is you know all of them. If you do that two or three times, then maybe you have a, a Prukop to Herbert situation where you say, all right, let's see what we've got in, in the young guy, either Jay Butterfield or Ty Thompson, whichever one is, is more prepared. Um, all right. I think I, I flushed out that segment for everything that it was worth, but it was a fantastic question. Jesse Keller, thank you for sending it in via the YouTube comments. Keep them coming there or tweet the hashtag AskLODPod or just DM me at smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks as well. Follow along to keep up with the show and all of my other random thoughts on my personal account. Um, there's an old SNL skit that's uh, that's a little bit applicable here. It involves Will Ferrell and uh, the phrase that he has introduced into pop culture lexicon is more cowbell. I'm sure we're all at least roughly familiar with more cowbell. And I bring that up to say that the second segment is also courtesy of a mailbag question. This one comes via Twitter, uh, just from uh, Twitter mentions from Brian Goff. And I put more time than most people would have into this segment, I think, because I'm not actually a huge car guy. But I thought this would be really, really fun. And so we're going to go 1 through 12 here. Brian asks, it's, if each of the Pac-12 football programs was a car, what would each be? Not a car brand, but a car, a specific car. So we're going to go through the list here, 1 through 12, and I have assigned a specific type of car that represents the overall program, not the last couple of years, but the overall brand and identity of the football programs in the Pac-12 conference, the conference of champions, as Bill Walton is so keen on reminding us. And I think that... Uh, this is going to be perhaps the most fun I've had on a segment. I mean, I enjoy doing all these segments. I really, really do. I don't think I say that enough. I appreciate all of you so much. I love doing this. And I'm glad, you know, those of you that have subscribed or liked or commented or sent messages said, hey, love the content you're doing. Keep up great work. I see that stuff makes my day more than I can even express into words. So I'm always having fun on here. And I hope that that's obvious. I hope that comes through. But this one is going to be even more fun and we'll get to it right after i tell you that 
you have to love a chewy chocolatey brownie. I mean, who doesn't? What about what about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? Mm, boy, that sounds good, doesn't it? Uh, what if I told you that you could have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness with 17 grams of protein? Well, Built has you covered if you're looking that because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's do it. Each Pac 12 football program as a car, what would each be? We'll start with the Ducks because, of course, we are. And there were a number of ways I, I think I could have gone with Oregon, but ultimately, I landed on a yellow Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. good start to the segment really really good a yellow lamborghini and i think that that is the best car representation of oregon because first and foremost what that car does is it gets people to look oregon revolutionized the national uniform race and who can have the coolest combos and who's coming up with new stuff and they're still at the front lines of coming up with cutting edge combos and it gets people to look. And when you drive a yellow Lamborghini through any town, it doesn't matter if it's San Francisco, New York, Chicago to a tiny town of 5,000 people. If you drive that car through, it's going to get people to look. The other thing about a yellow Lamborghini is a lot of people are going to look at it and go, Oh, that's just, you just, you don't need that. It's not necessary. You don't need, I just, ah, oh, what do you even need that for? You're just trying to show off and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You can give it flack all you want, and some of it might even be deserved. But at the end of the day, that's a really nice, really powerful car. And so for those reasons, Oregon football is a yellow Lamborghini. I told you, we're going to have so much fun on this. Let's keep going. Oregon State is a 2022 Mazda 3. It very much wants a seat at the table with the big boys and has even shown a glimpse or two here or there that it could maybe get into that conversation. But as a car or a football program, it just doesn't have the brand power at this point in time to stay up near the top echelon of the conference. And you think about a Mazda, it's like, it's a nice car. It's it's fine. But do you think of it as a luxury brand? Do you think of it as a premier brand? If you get a big bonus at work, if you make actual money, I don't. But let's say some of you do, because I'm sure some of you do. And you're thinking, boy, I want to get a really nice car. If you got a Mazda, someone would get in and go, oh, yeah, this, this is not bad. This, this, this is pretty solid. But do you think of it as a premier luxury brand? No, not, not exactly. That's why Oregon State is a 2022 Mazda 3. Nice car. It's fine but it's not quite got the power from a, a branding perspective to be in that top tier. Uh, I layered these by rivals, by the way. That's why we're going to Oregon, Oregon State. Now we go down to the LA schools. USC is a Ferrari 250 GTO. That, this year, according to Google, is the most expensive car in the world for the most valuable brand of football on the West Coast. And some of you might think it's Oregon. I understand. But that is incorrect. It is still USC. They're the most valuable. So I just, I mean, that was that was the easiest one, frankly. It's just like, what's the most expensive car? Boom. Right to USC. Uh, their Los Angeles counterpart, UCLA, on the other hand, I had to think about this one a little bit. They are a Tesla 
Cybertruck. Because you know it's expensive, and it kind of looks expensive, right? There's plenty of money involved in that particular situation. But because of what's around you, right, you compare Tesla trucks to other trucks. You compare UCLA to a USC or an Oregon within the Pac-12. You look at it and you go, do I really want that? Like, do you think Chip has as high of a ceiling at UCLA as a head coach as he did at Oregon back in the day? Eh, probably not quite. Doesn't mean he still can't do good things, right? There are components to that Tesla Cybertruck that I'm sure are really, really cool. But it kind of looks like a situation where it sounds a little bit expensive and a little bit better than it actually is in real life. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's good. It's above average. It costs above average, and it should, but it's not quite, you know, the the full red carpet treatment there. So UCLA, a Tesla Cybertruck. Let's go up north. Washington is a Honda Accord. It was the best-selling car in the year 1990, but ever since then, it hasn't done a whole lot of things that are very noteworthy. I'll just leave that one right there. Washington State is a Toyota Tacoma. You know what you're getting when you buy a Tacoma. You know exactly what you're getting. You know exactly what you're going to use it for. And frankly, it's not for everybody. I'm not a Toyota Tacoma guy. I would never buy any kind of truck, especially. And if I did, I don't think I would go after a, to a Tacoma. Doesn't mean it's not a solid car. Doesn't mean it can't do what you need it to do from time to time. And even in the right situation, be exactly what you're looking for and all the stars align and everything works out perfectly. But on the whole, it's just kind of like, okay, I, I I see it. I understand. Like Washington State can be good. They've beaten the Ducks many times in, in recent years with, with Mike Leach up there, right? It can be highly effective, but it's not for everybody. Going up to school in the Palouse in Pullman, it's not for everybody. Washington State, therefore, is a Toyota Tacoma. Uh, Utah. The uh, Utah Utes, we'll go to the mountain schools here, is the car that I own. It is my beloved Lexus ES300. It is not particularly flashy. However, it is very reliable, and it is still going. And Kyle Whittingham has been their head coach for 18 seasons. He is Utah football. And I have had that same car since we bought it from my grandparents eight years ago. I have never wanted another car. That one has almost fallen apart a couple of times, but we've been able to put it back together. And now I, I, I don't want to drive another car ever. I really, really don't. And if and when Kyle Whittingham steps down as the head coach of Utah football, which he almost did this offseason, by the way, Utah fans are going to look around and go, what, what am I even supposed to feel? What, what, what do I do? What, what do we do without Kyle? What, I mean, he, he, he is Utah football. That, that's what Utah football is. And if I ever didn't have that car, I would go out to my driveway where I park it every night and I would just look at whatever car I bought and just go, is that my car? Is, is that really my car? No, that is my one car. So Utah is my beloved Lexus ES 300. It's 22 years old, by the way. We're still running strong over 224,000 miles. Need to get the tires rotated here in a bit. Uh, Colorado. There's there's two options here for Colorado. This is slightly mean, but you know what? It's a little tough, but it's also fair. Uh, there are two cars. I couldn't decide between the two. They're either a Dodge Coronet convertible, which when I was doing some research, I found a description that listed it as, quote, 
Not the prettiest, not the most innovative. That's Colorado football right there. And the other thing is when I said the words Dodge Coronet Convertible, until I said them, you probably didn't even know that that car exists. And unless someone mentions Colorado to you, you usually don't remember that they that they exist. It's easy to forget sometimes. The other co- the other car that is representative of the Colorado Buffaloes is the Kia Soul. Remember those commercials? You play applause by Lady Gaga in the background, and then you uh, you have giant hamsters just kind of vibing along in a box car. When you look at a Kia Soul. Your first thought is generally, that's not going to work. And when you think about a football program that has to compete with USC in Los Angeles and UCLA and Phil Knight having money up at Oregon and whatnot and the history of Washington as well, and you look at a team that's in Boulder, you're like, that's going to be tough. And it's mostly been tough. They've had some good years. They can win, but, you know, probably not going to work. So Colorado gets two cars there. Uh, let's go back down south. We got four more here, and I'm having so much fun with this. Uh, this was the toughest one. This was this was the toughest one. The Arizona Wildcats. They are a Chevy Impala. If you go back to the 1980s, and even some years in the 1990s, the Impala was a, a really good, solid, pretty popular car. But ever since the turn of the century, it hasn't lived up to what it was back then, which was never like the greatest car in the world, but it was good. It was above average. It was serviceable. But since the turn of the century, it's been a disaster. It's been underwhelming and underperforming time and again. And that's Arizona because they, I think they've won 10 win season in this century. Yeah, that's, that's not great. You're in Arizona, which has got a decent amount of recruits in its backyard. You're in Tucson where it's warm all year long you should be able to recruit a little bit better than that so arizona it looked a lot better back then than it does now just like a chevy impala arizona state the sun devils are a bmw 328i which is kind of like a sporty sedan if you buy a bmw 328i what you're saying is i want to be young and 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 i want to be hip i want to look good right i want to have the appeal of, you know, fitting in with the new modern crowd. But then after two to three years of undertaking such an investment, look at it from a coach's perspective, you quickly realize this is not what I thought it was going to be. And this is a little bit disappointing. It's not bad. It's not a disaster, but I thought it was going to be a little bit more upscale, a little bit more high end. And Arizona State, I feel that way about the program even more so than Arizona. How can you not recruit down in Tempe? They've recruited decently well under Herm Edwards, but the on-field results haven't been there. And Todd Graham had a couple nice seasons, but then they were just mediocre again. And historically, they're an average football program in the Pac-10 and Pac-12. I think they're part of the original Pac-8 as well. But they've just never really elevated. They, they, They just haven't gotten there. And so for that reason, the Sun Devils are a BMW 328i, which is kind of like a sporty looking sedan. Breaks down after two to three years and you realize just not what you wanted it to be. Uh, Last two, we're going to the Bay Area. And this is taking longer than I thought, but I hope you're having as much fun as I am because I I put a good amount of time into this and I am I'm having a blast right now. Uh, Cal is a VW bug. 
most people, when they think of a VW Bug, they picture the car. But the car itself is really only known for one thing, maybe two. Having a trunk in the front with the spare tire and also Herbie fully loaded. Classic movie from the mm, 60s, 70s, maybe. It's, it's old school. Might be 80s. Could be. It wasn't this century. Let's just establish that. But Cal football is only known for one thing, and that's the play against Stanford. Other than that, they haven't done a lot, and they're just kind of there. And other than the people who are involved with either Cal football or a VW bug, not making a whole lot of noise nationally. And finally, we wrap up with the Stanford Cardinal. And you knew I couldn't leave this particular car out of a conversation like this. The Stanford Cardinal are a Toyota Prius. Yeah, they, they are. And the, the reason that David Shaw's team and program is a Toyota Prius is when you hear someone say, oh, yeah, I have a Prius, you know exactly what sort of person that is. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it's always a certain kind of person that has a Prius, right? You know the image that I'm talking about. When you say, I went to Stanford, you know exactly what kind of person that is. You know, as a football player, as a student, as a former graduate, whatever it is, you know that that person is super duper smart. Even the athletes have to be because that is part of their whole brand, part of their whole identity as a school and as a football program. You know exactly the sort of person that goes to Stanford. You know exactly the sort of person that buys a Toyota Prius. And that is why the Cardinal are probably the most famous hybrid in the world. So just to recap, Stanford, a Toyota Prius, the Cal Bears, a VW Bug, Arizona State, a BMW 328i, Arizona, a Chevy Impala, Colorado is either a Kia Soul or a Dodge Coronet convertible. Utah is my personal car, my beloved 22-year-old Lexus ES300, still going strong. Washington State, a Toyota Tacoma. Washington, a Honda Accord. UCLA, a Tesla Cybertruck. USC, a Ferrari 250 GTO, the most expensive car in the world. Oregon State, a 2022 Mazda 3. And our Ducks, a yellow Lamborghini. Because, of course, it was, and nobody buys a green car anyway. Thank you, Brian, for the question. Keep them coming. Hashtag AskLODPod at Smalls underscore 55 or at LockedOnDucks are the Twitter handles. Or you can hop in the YouTube comments as well and get any question you want answered here on the show. Heck, I'll do another one. I'll do another segment like that if you want. Compare every Pac-12 school to, I don't know, rides at Disneyland, types of food. You you name it, I will answer it right here. I appreciate you making this your first listen. Go make Locked On Pac-12 your second, where I'm hosting talking about the Conference of Champions. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.